Here we are. It's hour two on a great day for talk radio, and it's Friday, and we've survived Snowmageddon. My goodness, uh, it's tapered off as they said it would, and uh, still damp and dark and dank and all the rest. But uh, and there was no school for the kids today. I almost didn't come in. Just the sniffles started to happen, a little bit of a cold, and I thought, nah, I can play through it. Go in there and play hurt. Be a real hero. Uh, besides, I'd need a doctor's note, and uh, I couldn't get one on short notice. I don't know if you do or not, but, you know, the point is there uh, has been this whole uh, thing about a doctor's note being required uh, by the employer of the employee in the event that somebody is starting to show a pattern of maybe staying away on Mondays and Fridays. And uh, this is where the Ford government yesterday in their fall economic statement were tweaking some of the labor laws. And as a matter of fact, uh, they believe that a sick note uh, is necessary in the instant where, as I described, there's chronic absenteeism. Wouldn't that just be empowering the employer, at least, uh, to get some kind of validation, some proof, uh, so you don't have laggards and people who are gaming the system or abusing the employer? And that's one of the things the Doctors uh, Association here in Ontario has complained about this because they think it's going to tie things up with red tape and uh, more time spent just going to the doctor to get a note, and then the doctor's got to do the admin and so on and so forth. You know, there are a lot of things buried in that fall economic statement, some of which we addressed yesterday. I just thought I'd bring that one to the fore, and uh, we'll pick it up with our panel to see if they're in agreement that this is a reasonable request from an employer to an employee. Look, this is going to feed uh, certain certain doctors will be very, very happy about this. Years ago, I worked at a, a call center, and if you were sick, you had to bring a doctor's note. And everybody at this call center knew that there was this one clinic where they would just, all day, all they were doing was just writing sick notes. How you feeling? I got a runny nose. Here's your doctor's note. Sure. That'll be $10. Oh, so, so they, just, were, they were making money on the process. Yeah, it was a revolving door of just dozens of people coming right. in every day, picking up these notes. Mm. All right. I, I never saw it as a revenue source as much as it might be tying up in administration the doctor's time and uh, therefore costing the taxpayer money and, you know, just uh, misappropriating scarce health resources. But as I said, that's just one of these things that was buried in the fine print in yesterday's fall economic statement. There are some others when it comes to the employer-employee relationship. We know the big bugaboos were the minimum wage being frozen at $14 for the foreseeable future. And as well, that implied uh, the two sick days that even temporary workers would get fully paid. Uh, that's been taken off the boards, as we know. And uh, the the tax on anybody making up to thirty grand, you know, meaning a minimum wage worker, more than likely, uh, that's gone. So the saving would be about eight hundred and fifty dollars per individual, or for a couple, seventeen hundred dollars. Although some people have groused including the representative from Unifor yesterday saying we'd rather get the $15 that really we net out uh, ahead in that instant and still don't get up to $30,000, so we pay no tax. But all that being said, I wanted to uh, drill down on what business sees in this fall economic statement, upside, downside. Peter Grossman has joined us on the line. He is the GM of Plastic Cap and the vice president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers of Ontario. Peter, good to have you here on The Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Thanks, John. Great day for talk radio, and I'm glad it stopped snowing. Yeah, as we all are. Uh, and so here we find ourselves the day after mulling over some of the things that were contained in the fall economic statement. And so tell me where you think uh, the government got it right insofar as small businesses and manufacturers in the province uh, are concerned. Well, there's there's a lot to unpack when it comes to what, what was released, and we, we see it as all good. 
I think that the the biggest thing is this fiscal responsibility that prior to the election there were so many promises made for a lot of free things that no one everyone knew that we couldn't afford and then when you find out what the real deficit is uh you, you see that the things have to be done and I think what the Ford government is doing now is that they they're they're gently dealing with that 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 deficit so they're they're being criticized for cutting too much and being criticized for not cutting in enough at the same time by the same people. So when we we look at the, the minimum wage, uh, we're we're pleased that they've taken some of the burden off off manufacturers and businesses by by not increasing the minimum wage and we're also pleased that they've taken some of the burden off of the individuals who are working at minimum wage. But the real problem here is that over the last 10-15 years we've been trading 30-40 an hour jobs good-paying jobs for minimum wage jobs. And nobody expects anyone to live on, on a minimum wage job. Uh, most, most people, uh, like myself, pay more than minimum wage, and, and, and we move people up as quickly as possible. So supporting business to bring back manufacturing and, and high-paying jobs is, is, is really what, what needs to be done. So we're, we, we, we like what the government's done there. We also like the fact that they've, uh, uh, you know, gone after... Um, uh, eliminating cap and trade, um, realizing that that does nothing for the in, environment uh, because all the big emitters were getting getting a buy and and again small business was asked to pay for that. Anybody getting rebates uh, from the government uh, didn't include small business, so we're pretty happy with that and we're we're pretty happy with the fact that they are uh, the Ontario government is trying to support the ga- oil and gas industry again because it, it's interesting that over the last. Uh, Ten years or so, the, the automotive sector has declined in Ontario, and it's now neck and neck with oil, oil and gas, and and that that is a, a good opportunity for the future uh, to 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 go after that. So we're hoping that that uh, comes comes into play. All right, Peter. Let me just ask you a few other things here uh, that I know you're a big proponent of. Again, Peter Gossman's with us, the vice president of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers of Ontario. Uh, you say the government uh, we appreciate will no longer be paralleling the federal government's move to tax passive investment. That's right. where Bill Morneau got a lot of heat. Uh, sure. So this government is going uh, in the opposite direction. They're not going to tax passive investment, which is like you build up a, a rainy day fund uh, in your Absolutely. company or your corporation for those days where, you know, you might fall on hard times or who knows, there's a market downturn or whatever, whatever. Uh, so that's a positive. Sure. Well, we as small businesses don't operate the way big businesses do, and and ninety percent of 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 all of the businesses in Canada are small businesses. And the way we operate is, we we build our business, we put everything that the business makes back into the business, and and at the at the end of the day, we hope to be able to retire. And and there's no there's no pension for us at the end of the day. The only way that we can retire is to be able to sell our business or 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 pass it on. And and this passive investment uh, in income helps to provide f- for for the next uh, growth period, the next uh, investment in equipment or whatever it is you need to do to grow. So that that again, that's that's a very positive move. And the other thing is they're uh, shutting down the College of Trades. This was implemented under, I guess, the McGinty government. Uh, why is that a good thing? It it it's a good thing because it was it was the purpose for its creation. Eludes eludes me and many other people. It created red tape. It created jobs for people to go out and collect money from tradespeople 
but it didn't really put anything back, and in, in particularly in manufacturing, all of the all of the effort that used to be in the colleges, uh, just just uh, year after year, uh, started to di- disappear ten years ago. And there's very few programs that support, um, you know, CNC machining or uh, uh, you know laser welding or any of these things that are required for for manufacturing. Those so those everybody thinks that. Uh, trades are plumbers and electricians and 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 the like, but there is a whole whack of other people that are are trades people as well, and they were completely ignored. So this college of trades, we saw as simply as red tape and a way to collect money to support uh, uh, m- more government employment rather than uh, private employment. Yeah, what were the annual dues? Something like sixty bucks? Uh, I think it was higher than I think it was higher than that. I think they. They would get uh, something like two to three hundred dollars out of out of each tradesperson. That could have been over a period of time, right? And there was very little benefit to the tradesperson. None whatsoever. As right. a matter of fact, if you go online and you Google some of the comments they make, they're they're pretty nasty. <laughs> All right. Uh, again, with Peter Gossman, uh, Gossman rather, uh, he's yeah. the VP of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers of Ontario. Uh, you're also saying the government here of Doug Ford is exploring an industrial rate for electricity for manufacturing. Uh, what do you hear? What do you know? What would that industrial rate imply? Well, we're 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 making those suggestions. Uh, they certainly uh, understand that the uh, the rate for hydro here in Ontario is three times that of of other jurisdictions, and uh, I, I I I don't know how they're going to do it. I'm hoping they can do it. So we're asking for an industrial rate that is that is reasonable that makes us competitive. And and uh, as I said er- earlier, when they're trying to balance this deficit and, and 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 reduce the deficit and at the same time give tax breaks, it's it's a it's a juggling act that's going to take years. And and uh, I, I think that if they put effort into bringing back business, bringing manufacturing, and increasing the tax base, that will take the burden off off of trying to reduce uh, the uh, the deficit rapidly and and will reduce the deficit itself. So. Really, that's that's what we're hoping for. That that industrial rate comes in at around you know half of what it is now. It, you know, yesterday I had the vice president of Unifor on, saying that Ontario was flush with new employment. Uh, Forty thousand jobs have been created, so the fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage thing uh, was no deterrent to people wanting to invest in Ontario, uh, increase capacity and productivity, and all the rest. Uh, Forty thousand jobs were created. Did you want to comment on that? What kind of jobs were those jobs? Well, that's what I wanted. I said it earlier. We've traded all these high-paying jobs for for part-time service jobs. And the the actual fact is, over the last 15 years, uh, when our population in Ontario was 11 million people, we had 42% of of people were employed in the private sector. Now with 14 million people, we have 34% employed in the private sector. That's a huge drop. And at the same time, government employment went up a percentage point from eight eight percent to nine percent but in that number healthcare workers actually dropped from two from one point seven uh, from two point five percent to one point seven percent so we got rid of essential healthcare people increased the size of government and overall decreased the private sector employment we have two million more people in this province today that aren't working and and that's not reflected in the the uh, uh, unemployment statistics but and these numbers are from stats canada i didn't make them up all right, uh, Peter, we'll let you go on that note. Just wanted to get your uh, sense for the takeaway from yesterday's fall economic statement and where the Ford government is positioned vis-a-vis small businesses and manufacturers here in the province. And uh, thanks for that uh, 
Input. Step, in the, yep. step in the right direction, John. Fair enough. Peter Thanks. Gossman, again, is the Vice President of the Coalition of Concerned Manufacturers of Ontario.